Ready as I'll ever be. All right, here we go. Go ahead, we'll go ahead and get started. Welcome to everybody. You're watching Amateur Radio Roundtable. This is a show about ham radio. I'm Tom, W5KUB. We've got Glenn with us tonight. The rest of the gang are playing AWOL tonight. But it is Valentine's Day, and uh, I think they're out having a good time tonight. Hey, if you're listening out there on shortwave on WBCQ on 7490, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. Tom at W5KUB.com. We'd love to uh, hear from you and let us know where in the world you are and uh, see how, uh, let us know how things are there. Uh, I need you to do something for me. Hit that subscribe button. Let me put a little, let me put, let me put a reminder there. There we go. You'll see a little thing right there. I want you to hit that subscribe button. It really helps us out. It helps us to uh, uh, helps YouTube to advertise our channel, and it helps bring more people in here. So please do that. Hit the notify button. Uh, that'll let you know whenever we're going to come on alive. Sometimes we come on during the week, and if you hit that notify button, you'll get a notice that uh, we're on live and maybe something special we're doing. Uh, join our Facebook group. Our Facebook group is growing still really strong. We have over twelve thousand. That's 12 with three zeros. 12 with three zeros. Uh, 12,000 hand radio operators in our Facebook group, and it's just called W5KUB. Just uh, search for that up in the little uh, Facebook search bar, and uh, you will uh, you will find it. Uh, you can also key in Amateur Radio Roundtable, but it's simpler just to type in W5KUB. We'd love to have you there uh, do that. Um uh, Hey, you know, we've had great, nice weather the last few days. It's been like summertime. It's been 70 degrees here. Tomorrow, though, they're predicting uh, strong winds, power outages, and so forth here for Memphis. So, I don't know. It's going to get bad again tomorrow. Maybe maybe I'll get to use my new generator uh, that we just <laughs> had installed. I don't know, man. Well, I tell you what, all those limbs that didn't finish coming down are going to come down tomorrow. Well, they might they might do it, uh, Glenn, and uh, if if so, we're ready for it this time. You know, I mean, it, it's terrible. You wishing that there's a power outage just so you can test your new generator. Yeah, you know? just remember, I work for the power company, so that, let's not right. wish too hard. Okay, that, that's right. 
You know, hey, I was looking, you know, hey, well, we had, what, the major ice storm power outages a couple weeks ago. I was just looking. Uh, it looks like today your company has almost everybody back up and running. I yeah, think- they officially announced that they have fixed all of the original outages and all that's <clears throat> remaining are the ones that occurred after the fact. Yeah, and now they're predicting tomorrow, uh, MLG and W is predicting tomorrow more outages. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I can look outside at my neighbor's trees, and there's a lot of branches that are bent and split but didn't come down, and it ain't going to take much to bring them down. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, look, hey, tonight, guys, uh, it's going to be kind of an informal show. We'll probably uh, open up the Zoom lines for everybody to join us a little early tonight, and we'll just talk about anything you want to, but... Uh, I think we've got the first hour for the show here. We've got um, uh, several things to talk about. Glenn's going to give us a report here in a little while about Hamcation and uh, uh, tell us uh, how how that was this year. And uh, let's see. Oh, I've got an amazing story, uh, a story of search, rescue, and recovery of W5KUB 106. We'll talk a little about the recovery of 106 uh, in a few minutes, and uh, we've got oh hey we got uh, Raisa from Russia from Saint Petersburg Russia with us uh, t- uh, tonight on the show, and that's going to be an interesting uh, segment there. Uh, I want you to watch that. In fact, let me just ask right now. The segment she's going to be doing tonight is about NASA, 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 National Aeronautics and Space Administration. Do we have anybody that's joined us tonight from NASA? Are you in a chat room? Anybody from NASA? If you are, just say hello. I'd like to see if any of you guys uh, made it tonight. We we let them know that uh, we'd be talking about them tonight. So, okay. Well, Glenn, how... how you been doing, man? You uh, you, you went to you, you went to Orlando, and yeah. you uh, you hurried back, and man, you had to go to work. But it looks like I did you not survived, hurry you survived back. the trip, right? Hey, one quick question, and I'll let you talk. You know, last year, last time we went, it was the national cheerleader squads that all got down here, and they they got all our luggage. If you remember that, right. So were they, were they having a cheerleader thing again this year when you went down? No, but I thought it was. Um, getting on the plane, uh, it had that look, but it turned out that it was the University of Georgia girls softball team. Oh, okay. Well, that's so, cool. Man. That's cool. And they made sure that they didn't take our luggage. Well, that's that's good. Well, what 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 else is going on there at your house? Um, did you lose? I ha- we haven't. Let's see. I don't know. I guess I talked to you last week. You didn't lose power, right? No, we. I lost power for a day. Oh, that's right. And uh, actually, it went out about three o'clock. What was that? Thursday afternoon, and came back around uh, ten o'clock Friday morning. Um, but uh, Energy, which is the Mississippi Power Company, they did a really good job. But they didn't have anywhere near the outages that uh, Memphis area did. Yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, you know, even though it looked bad, it didn't hit us anywhere near as bad as you guys got it up there. Well, and and we here in my little town, Cargerville, which is kind of southwest of Memphis, it's kind of a suburb, but it's kind of southwest. We didn't get it near as bad as uh, the city of Memphis got it. Man, they got right. they got hit really hard. 
Well, the number I heard was like 288,000 people without power. And here we are a week and a half later, and they just got the last of the storm outages fixed today or yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, some people were without power for eight, nine, ten days. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that that was rough. They're saying it was the second worst ice storm we've had in a long, long time. Wow. Okay, well, hey, uh, you want to talk about, I've got some pictures lined up here from Hamcation. Sure. And you went down there, and it looks like, man, you had some great weather. Uh, so I wish we had gone down this year, but we just decided not to go down. So, uh, let's see. Uh, let me let me bring some pictures up, and you can talk about them, okay? Well, first of all, this doesn't look like a ham fest right here. No. Uh, I went down a day early. And uh, met up with an old friend, and a high school friend, actually. And uh, we took a ride up the coast, and this is uh, between Daytona and St. Augustine. And that was just how beautiful the weather was Wednesday. It was a little chilly. It was in the 60s, and for Florida, that's freezing. But uh, considering it was 20 degrees or 28 degrees when I left the house that morning, or the day before, uh 60 was wonderful and uh it was just a really perfect weather it was raining the day before uh, i came up and stopped the morning that my flight left and it didn't start raining again until the sunday that i was flying out so Man, the ham fest itself was just perfect there seems to be something wrong with this picture this is florida and yes. i don't see anybody on the beach uh, it was a little bit cold. They were all actually out in the water surfing. Yeah, I can see a few people out in the water. And actually. they were wearing their wetsuits because it was a oh, little man. chilly to be standing out on the sand. All right. Well, you didn't just stay right on the beach. You you must have. No. But what's um, uh My friend told me that we were going to go see some big guns. Yeah. And here I'm thinking I'm going to work some DX the day before the ham fest. Well, it's not quite the big guns that I had in mind. We went up to the fort up in uh, St. Augustine, and we toured St. Augustine all day, and it was just a wonderful, wonderful trip. And uh, those are some of the cannons that they have up on on the fort there. Well, that's yes. uh, that's, that's good. So yeah, it was. It was, They wouldn't let me fire one, but you know, got to take the good with the bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but uh, you know, you know, I, I wouldn't doubt somebody sneak out there someday and load those things up and fire them. Well, yeah, actually, they do. I think they do some random, you know, yeah. exhibition type firings without a cannonball. They have mortars on site at this place, and the mortar balls are bigger than a bowling ball. Oh man! And to imagine yeah. that they yeah. launched those things was just phenomenal. And uh, I got home uh, back to the hotel about ten o'clock that night. And to tell you how much fun I had, um, just as I sat down and, and started relaxing, I was like, oh, heck, there's a ham fest tomorrow. That's right. That's why I'm here. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally forgot about the ham fest. All right. Well, let's go to the ham fest. Here we go. Yeah. Up, now, this is about. in the swaps building. Right as the, actually, a little bit before they opened up, you can still, people still have some stuff covered up. Uh And, uh, you know, so I wanted to get a picture showing all the stuff on the table. Now, the swaps table were reasonably full, but uh, 
I would say the Hamfest itself was a third to a half in terms of size, uh, both vendors and uh, 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 participants. Well, I could tell. Um, yeah, I can tell from what I remember last time being there. In this, the, there's there's not as many people in these pictures, but I'm still sure that you had a great time. Oh gosh, yes, it was wonderful. Yeah, here's, um, uh, here's another yeah. picture. Yeah, this is outside looking at the grounds. I mean, the entire grounds were just packed with RVs. You know, so there there was a large attendance. Um, just kind of not what you expected like last time. Last time, you know, it was, you know, you couldn't move through an aisle. This time you could. It was still crowded, but, you know, you could still move around. Yeah, well, now masks are basically gone i mean people aren't wearing masks. that is correct anymore. we uh, I mean, masks are not required there they were optional yep and uh so in florida once you leave the airport you do not have to wear your mask well that's the same way to here it is in tennessee everything looks right. like we've gone back to normal and uh people just you'll see a few people still wearing the mask when they go places but uh uh the masks are out now right yep well let's see what else we got here Oh, we're getting into some of the older stuff. Oh, uh, there's some of the old old gear for you. And uh, that's, uh, what is that? That's the Johnson, uh, oh gosh, I forget what that one is. Yeah, Ranger. It's a Ranger. Oh, yeah. I used to have one of those. And uh, looked really nice. I had an 18-pound weight limit left in my luggage, so I kind of had to be extremely selective, and the Ranger would not have made it. That 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 would have uh, put you way over the limit there. Yes. <laughs> well, I see uh, right to the left of that. There's a VFO for like a TS820. I just sold one of those here about a year ago. I sold a whole 820 setup with all the matching pieces, and that looks like an 820 or maybe an 830 uh, external VFO. Oh, yeah. I mean, they had lots of good stuff out in the yeah. swap areas. I well, mean, I was drooling up and down the aisles. Yeah. So fortunately, hey, I was hey, outside, so I was just watering got, the grass. There's this no mud. is showing. I don't see any mud there. No, there was no mud. It was perfectly dry, and this is just showing, you know, uh, just the number of RVs that were there. I mean, it was just phenomenal uh, how many RVs were parked in that uh, fairgrounds. I mean, there was not yeah, really any yeah. spare room. Oh yeah. And look, little white puffy clouds. That's that's nice. Man. Oh, it was gorgeous. It was yeah. absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. There's another shot. This place is really spread out over the fairgrounds. Yeah, this is just showing you how spacious it was. Yeah, there there is a lot of walking to do if you're going to see all this stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, on thir on Friday I walked like 3.7 miles. Yeah, yeah. And didn't leave the fairgrounds. Well, you got. We got three pictures there, almost just light. That, yeah, it looks looks two, similar. Three. Sure, you very, didn't duplicate very, them. Very, very close, very close. Now, I love this Collins amplifier. Oh yeah, here. I love the Collins. This is this sucker. This has got a tube in it about the size of a Except football. That's that's not Collins. That's, oh, that's Henry not, Radio. Oh, that's Henry. I always wanted a Collins and thirty S. What, what what I put this up on my Facebook page with the comment of. Uh, uh, oh shoot! Crocodile Dundee's ham brother yeah. uh, said, "Now that's an amplifier." Oh yeah, yeah. Those are some serious looking amps. 
look at they're in a darn tub for heaven's sake oh, you know, yeah, to, yeah. To, to haul them around mm -hmm. i can imagine what those things had to have weighed but oh they were just gorgeous yeah, that would definitely put a put you over on the weight limit. Yeah, there. put it. <laughs> yeah, I'd have needed a C five just to fly at home. That's right. That's right, man. All right, here's some Drake stuff. What's that? Drake There's some Drake. That's the TR four uh, receiver and transmitter. Uh huh. Well, the you know the R four and the TR four. Yeah, that's cool. Or R four C, T four C, one yeah. of those. Well, look at here, uh, another yeah. thing, just like the other I, one. I wasn't sure I got the picture right the first time, so I yeah. wanted to be sure we had a picture of those. Yeah. All right. And this is looking back at the the Hamfest proper. The building on the right is the main exhibit building. The tent there on the left is just outside of the food court, and the building in the background uh, is in, is the uh, area where they have the uh, the drawing and some other vendors. Yeah. But you can see how empty that area is. Oh yeah. You know, you know, it it there were a lot of people, it just didn't show it because the fairgrounds is used right. to twenty something thousand people. Yeah. And this is you know, just showing, you know, that 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 whole walkway was filled with vendors, but not really with people so much. But when yeah. you went to have lunch, uh, it was standing room only. You could not find a seat. Now, this one was one of the, uh, the food vendors. And I really wanted to meet that Hugh guy that was doing those burgers. You know, his last name was Jass. First name was Hugh. Never did get to meet him, though, but they told me his burgers were just outstanding. Oh, man, making me want one right now. Oh, God, they were, yeah. they were, they looked wonderful. Yeah. Now, uh, didn't, uh, did, did, did ICOM put up an eating area? Yes, they did. Uh, right behind this, you know, if you, if you rotated 180, mm -hmm. um, they had a whole area set up with uh, tables and umbrellas that ICOM supplied the umbrellas for. And uh, that that really made it nice. There and this is again. looking again yeah. back out at the the field. Now everybody, you can see, yeah, everybody should want one of these. Yeah, there's your teletype. What is that? A model forty three or something I mean, like that? No, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, but that that's one of the later model teletypes. I don't know. That's, that's after a new, my that's time. That's a newfangled uh, teletype. That's a, yeah. That's after my time. That, that's the uh, so, electric version. Yeah. Yeah. That that's after my time for sure. Right there. I, I never saw one like that. Let's see. And there's a guy there that just had all kinds of kits and modules and stuff. Uh, uh, this was. Uh, oh shoot. I, oh, night fire kits. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he had Arduino and just all sorts of kits and modules there. He had about three tables full of this. So uh, there's a question. How much were the hamburgers going for? You know? Oh, arm and a leg? Probably five bucks. I would say at least five to six bucks. Yeah, yeah. 
But you know, the folks folks that had them did not complain. I I went for the tuna wraps, so yeah. Yeah. you know I had to stay healthy. Well, here's a mug but, shot uh, of somebody. I don't know how, why they let him in. But I drooled over the uh, uh, the fire baked pizzas. Uh, yeah, AWRL set up a nice little area for the the authors and the media, uh, the social media folks, and uh, that was me sitting in my little area. And uh, there was a really, you know, the AWRL had a nice area, except the books didn't show up. Their books oh, got man. hung up uh, at the shipper and never made it out of New York. Oh, that was uh, kind of a, a, a bad deal. Maybe next year they'll ship them a little earlier. I don't know. Yeah, I don't uh, know. But hopefully they'll have them at Dayton and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hey, there's our friend, Ron. I wonder if Ron and, and Ron and Amy there, I wonder if Ron's in the chat room. He usually is. Yeah. K9ID. K9ID, are you with us tonight in the chat room? If you are, say hello and... Uh, there you are. I mean, I don't know how you have the energy to go to all these things, but you're Oh, yeah. There. They had a really nice setup there. You can see the size of their area. Yeah. Really nice. And he was busy the whole ham fest. Oh, yeah. Or they were busy the whole ham fest. Or his machine was busy, let's put it oh, that yeah. way. This is the inside uh, area of the of the vendor building. You can see Flex Radio there on the left. Yeah. And uh, the 1010 International Group before them. MFJ is at the far end of this uh, aisle. Yeah, I think I, I see joined the 1010 International Group, uh, Glenn, uh, back when they first started. I'm number 2280, and I think the current numbers are in the six digits now. Wow. I got 23106. Yeah, I think I joined in 1971 or whenever they first started. Yeah, I think I joined in 80. All right, let's see. So you got, probably got a couple more there. Yeah. yeah, there's a look back at the Yesu booth. And I got to go over there and drool on the uh, FTDX 101 MP that's oh, right yeah. over there underneath that sign on the right. Well, that's the radio you're wanting, right? Yes, sir. Why don't you just go ahead? Why didn't you just pick it up right there? Hey, Glenn. Um, yeah. I Glenn. didn't have room in the suitcase. Glenn, yeah, you have my FTDX 560. <laughs> and it's still in the box. Looks pretty good. <laughs> Do not tempt me. <laughs> it weighs you know, about 60 pounds. So yeah. Get it. <laughs> yeah, Someone that's the problem because suitcase limit is 50. Yeah. And have you priced overweight suitcases it's oh, about yeah. 200 bucks so someone is just asking about it we hadn't seen martin on here in a while and i've talked to martin a while back and he's wanting to get back on the show but i understand martin couldn't make it to to orlando because he's got covid that is correct uh i met with uh, richard there and uh he said that uh, martin couldn't make the trip because he's got the covid well, we hope uh, hope he uh, has the Omnicron version of that. Well, the mildest version. Quick. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Have the light version here. Yeah. So there's uh, MFJ. Yeah, there's the MFJ set up. So they uh, they usually have a pretty big deal here. What, Ameritron and Vectronics, uh, MFJ, mm -hmm. uh, well, what are the yeah. others? The antenna companies, uh, 
They, Cushcraft, yeah. uh, the high gain, well, they, uh, uh, the Mirage. They, they, they go big time, that's for sure. Yeah, they had a really nice booth set up there. And just to the right of them was ICOM. I don't think I got a picture there. Yeah. You don't get to see that. But uh, Ray Novak was there with ICOM. And I went over and drooled on the 9700. So, I mean, everybody's radio got drool on it from me. And uh, then uh, the next picture there, uh, that's the folks at Ham Radio Outlet. They were doing a pretty brisk uh, business there this weekend. Uh, them and Giga Parts both. Yeah. All right, let's see. But, gonna... you know, the one thing that I got out of this weekend, and I will tell you, I did not want to come home. It yeah. felt yeah. like a ham fest. It was the first time you really just sat back and let go. I mean, Huntsville was good. Don't get me wrong. But this was one where you just literally sat back and said, this is the old days. This is the way it was before COVID. So um, it really felt good. And like I say, you know, when I got home from the, uh, ham fest Saturday night. I was like, I do not want to pack. I do not want to go home. Can I just stay here and wait for the next one? Oh yeah. yeah. You know, it, it was that, that good. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Well, see, we got one more picture here. Let's see. see who that is. Um, I think that's just looking down the other aisle there at everybody that was there. I AWRL's think, booth is I off think to the, the left. Back, isn't it the back there where they had the like the uh, the the prize booth and uh, maybe uh, some administrative people? No, um, that, uh, the back is where they had uh, was it KM4 MPF? Okay, uh, the manuals and and the the parts and stuff, or you know the products uh, the. Uh, Prize booth and everything was in the building next door. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. All right. Well, hey, uh, it looks like you had a good time there. You're going to have oh, to move Oh, man, over. it was just wonderful. You're it have really to move was. To, there you go. Move to your left yeah. just a little bit. Yeah. Left. Left. But That's your right. Left. My other left. Yeah. Other left. There you go. But hey. it was just wonderful. It really was. And uh, the weather was just picture perfect the whole weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good, man. I'm glad you got to go. And Bill, you, you, I know you normally would have gone down here, but you uh, didn't go this year either. And I didn't. No, go. I'm a little traveled out, uh, yep. spending all that time up in Ohio. So, uh, yep. but I'm looking forward to returning to Ohio in May for the big one. So, uh, I plan to be there uh, at Dayton. So, looking forward. That'll be my next big ham fest. And yeah. I just made my flight reservations for Dayton. I am flying this year. Well, yeah. that's the easy way to get there. I'm going lazy, but yeah, I've decided this year I'm going to fly. Yep. So that's, that's the easy way to get there. Yeah, I'm going to do right. it the easy way. All right. Well, hey, thanks uh, very much for me and for uh, showing us. Hello, Glenn. If I uh, if I departed Memphis at the same time you boarded a plane. If it's not a direct flight, I could probably greet you at oh, Van oh, Dillion and pick you up. Before yeah, you're you're going to beat me. There, there's no doubt of that. Um, but, yeah. But, uh, like I say, this year I just decided since it would just be me driving, that's a little bit too far, mainly for the ride home. All right. But, uh, 
Yeah, and they're talking about the chat room and me ordering from the major dealers. Believe me, I had a long talk with all of the dealers on uh, the best way to get that amount of radio to me safely. So yeah. we have got the process worked out. It's just a matter of when I want to write the check. All right. Well, hey, you can't take it with you, so just go ahead and... Oh, I'm writing that check real soon. Go ahead and write the check, man. All right. Well, thank you for that. I got something... Yeah, and I about. apologize for no video, but, you know... It's all right. Not a problem. You, you get you get motion sickness the way I hold a camera, so I just did the still shots this time. All right. Hey, guys, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of surface mount stuff the last couple of years, and really small really small so when i try to take my uh my fluke meter and put the two probes on here um usually the probe is about it's usually bigger than the whole part so i ordered something uh this week i ordered a smd tester look at this smd tester and this SMD tester, it came in a nice little box. Little How plastic, does it test? Plastic box. Let me open it up here. Is that for like the resistors and capacitors and stuff? Yeah, let me take this out. And look at this. It's, it, it's got leads in there and some extra tips. But um, I've got one that's like a pair of tweezers. This one, yeah. This one. Let me see if I can get you a better picture of that. Uh See if we can get close. This is the tweezers. This is tweezers. You can see the you can see the points there. Yeah, that that looks like the one I have. Yeah, and it it will measure capacitance, resistance, diodes, voltage, and so forth. Now, even though those those tips are very sharp, when you get down to components like 402 size. And try to get on the side. You almost got to look under a microscope to even get it on there. But uh, I played around with it a little bit. And, Bill, I found out that it, it does resistance pretty well, but I'm not having much luck with capacitors. I don't know why. Um, so it may not that, be. You're trying to measure them on the circuit board? Or yeah, 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 on the, yeah, on the circuit board. Uh, you'd think you'd get some. You're somebody, probably getting some interaction. But, but I typically get zero. I typically get zero readings, so I, I don't know what's going on with it. But anyway, this is a neat little device here. Uh, hey, look at here. You can see through it. There's nothing in it. Look. There's nothing. Let me give you a different picture here. Give you a different. Oh, wrong mouse. Maybe this will work better. see better there so you can see it's the tweezers and you can see the uh, display again it's supposed to measure uh, resistance capacitance continuity diodes and so forth I uh, I think the jury's still out I'm not sure how well it really really works but uh, I thought I'd give it a try it's in the box here, I've got some uh, extra tweezer tips for it. 
and I've got uh, red and black leads, and they they show in a, on the manual. It actually came with a little manual. They show you just uh, I don't. It's kind of weird. You take the uh, the leads, and uh, how did I do that? Get it tied in a knot. So you take the lead. It's got a banana plug on a lead, but what they show in the picture is you take that banana plug and you you stick that you stick that tweezer in it like that, and uh, you hook your black and red test leads up. Anyway, we'll see how it goes. I don't know if it's any good or not, but uh, hey, I'm always buying little gizmos like this to try out, and. Uh, I was a little surprised. It, it it didn't seem to be as easy to use as I thought it would be, especially on the very, very small parts. But nice little case that came in. You know, I think this thing cost maybe, it may have been 20 bucks. I don't know. Wasn't a whole lot. All right. All right. I'll tell you what let's do. Let's take just a quick break, and we'll be right back. And, uh, man, we're going to go to Russia next. Going to Russia. Going to have fun there. And uh, let me ask again. We've got a lot, of, a lot of people in the chat room now. Hey, guys, if you will, hit that subscribe button. Please hit the subscribe button. It really, really helps us out. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the uh, notification button, if you will. Hit like a couple. You know, hit like, if you will, if you like the show. We'll be back in just a moment. Didn't get everything on your holiday list? Now is the time to spice up your ham shack with ICOM's new ID52A handheld. This radio is perfect for staying in or venturing out. The ID52A is now shipping. ICOM's newest handheld amateur radio is a VHF-UHF dual bander with D-Star and FM dual mode functions. This radio supports conventional FM communications and D-Star simplex and worldwide calls over the D-Star internet gateway. The ID52A is the first handheld amateur radio with a full-color 2.3-inch waterfall display and the ability to send photos over D-Star with a connected Android phone. Features include a wideband receiver with guaranteed range of 144 through 148 and 440 through 450 MHz. It has an integrated GPS receiver including grid square location. It also has a micro USB for data transfer, programming, and charging. And it's IPX7 waterproof. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM radios. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. All right, and we are back. We're going to go to Russia in just a moment. And uh, talk with Raisa. Hey, is there anybody in the chat room from the uh, 
Johnson Center uh, Ham Radio Club, the NASA Ham Radio Club. Uh, we we let we put the word out tonight that you guys were going to be on the show. So I just wondered uh, if you're if you're in there, uh, say hello in the chat room. Tell us you're with NASA, and uh, uh, I'm just curious if anybody anybody from down here made it. So let's let's do this. Let us go out and talk with Raisa, and let's see what's going on down that way or over that way to Saint Petersburg, Russia, and that's not it. All right. Hey, coming up on a segment that I've been telling everybody about, we're going to go out of this world next. So let's see if uh, Raisa is here from St. Petersburg. Uh, Raisa, come in. Are you here or are you in outer space? Hello, Tom. Hello, everybody. Uh, glad to see you. Well, I'm in St. Petersburg. Nice, <laughs> uh, nice, to, n- nice to see you, too. And, uh, hey, I think... Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight, but uh, hey, let's just, uh, you know, first of all, how are you doing? You've been doing uh, okay? You've been busy? What have you been doing? <laughs> uh, I'm fine, and uh, I'm everything uh, do something. <laughs> uh, for example, yesterday I had the uh, wonderful uh, meeting uh, by Zoom uh, with the National Radio Society of Ireland. It was nice uh, to talk uh, uh, to 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 talk with ham um, uh, radio friends from Ireland. Well, that is uh, that's cool, and uh, I've talked to Ireland a few times, but I don't I don't really know anyone over there. But uh, I'm sure you're you're making friends uh, with all these organizations over there. So uh, let let me just uh, to keep our segment a little shorter tonight. We've got a lot going on. Let me ask you, uh, where do you? I know you don't have a radio there at your home. QTH. So you do most of your operations portable. So where, where do you do most of your operations from? Do you do you do them from Russia, from Finland? Where, where, tell me about that. Uh, it depends uh, on the season. <laughs> okay. Because uh, here in Russia, I can work only portable. In, and in summertime, uh, I do it with uh, great pleasure. Uh, to be in nature, to be portable, it is great fun for me. Uh, in uh, winter time, of course, uh, it is cold outside and not so uh, comfortable to be at outside. Uh, uh, and uh, I uh, work uh, mostly uh, from Czech, uh, from Finland. Okay, well, uh, that's that's cool. You know, it gets very cold here. It gets down to you know zero Celsius here, man. We we've, we've we freeze to death at, at zero. I don't know uh, how. How? What's the lowest temperature for you? Uh, we have also uh, zero degrees today. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, but uh, for us it is uh, warm weather, yeah. not cold. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say that uh, it is cold right now, uh, but. Uh, um, December this uh, year was uh, very cold uh, and the temperature was uh, until uh, minus 22 degrees. Oh, uh, it was oh, really wow. cold. Wow, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Well, that's too cold for me. Too cold. So let's, uh, hey, I, I know you have a special segment. We've got a, a video coming up here I'm very interested in. Uh, you want to tell about what? 
one of your favorite contacts or do you have a favorite contact? Tell us about the video that we will see tonight. Uh, to be honest, I have uh, many very interesting contacts uh, and uh, it is uh, why I love ham radio so much because uh, every time you don't know uh, who uh, will uh, answer to your CQ and it is uh, amazing and uh, exciting. Uh, I like this uh, feeling very much. Uh, and uh, this contact was also very exciting to me. It, it was uh, the contact with uh, the NASA uh, club station. It is uh, Johnson's uh, Space Center Amateur Radio Club. Uh, and uh, the QSO was uh, very interesting uh, and we made a special video. You can uh, watch this video. Hope you will enjoy it. All right. I know it's going to be great talking to the Johnson Space Center there with NASA. And uh, let me just mention to you, we have a very good friend as an astronaut, Doug Wheelock here, and he comes on the show sometimes. So we're going to have to get him and you together. Okay. Let's uh, okay. let's take a look. Let's take a look at your video and uh, let's let's see uh, let's see what it looks like with you talking to NASA. Here we go. Houston, Houston, we have a problem. We need to find NASA Radio Club on the air. Whiskey 5, radio, radio, radio. This is Oscar Hotel 73, Echo Lima Kila. Radio, radio, radio. Whiskey 5, radio, radio, radio. W5, Roger, 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 or should I say Romeo, 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 Whiskey 5, Romeo, 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 uh, and I do hear you, uh, Oscar Hotel, 7-3, Echo Lima Kilo, I do hear you, so Raisa, I'm so glad to hear you, we actually did it. Ray, Ray, good morning. I'm very happy to uh, meet you on the air and I'm very happy that uh, uh, the propagation allowed us to have this uh, wonderful QSO. I'm very happy. Uh, your report is uh, 5 and 7, 5 and 8. Uh, Ray, back to you. Raisa? Whiskey 5 Radio 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 Ray, um, I uh, hear you very well uh, because we have, have here very low noise and uh, could you uh, explain uh, some words about the NASA station where you uh, now? Back to you. Uh, yes, Raisa. This is the station I talked to you on, the Kenwood 950. I have you set on the, uh, the beam. This is our panel where we set up <clears throat> which radio goes to which antenna outside. Uh, so you just kind of patch up what you want. And uh, I used this big bad amplifier right here to talk to you. And I recorded the whole thing on my camera right there. So we'll see how it all turns out. <laughs> 
I'm going to have to wait for the conditions to improve. It is just not good enough on my side. I have a noise level and you're way down in the noise, so I will have to see if conditions improve. Well, Raisa, we really tried. We really tried. <laughs> I wish I could have let you hear it. I wish I could have let you hear it on the speaker, but it was just, it was so hard to pull you out that I had to go to the headphones to hear. Uh, and so it was, the noise was here and you were just about right here. Sometimes it came up a little bit more, but it, it was just too hard. I could hear you and I could tell you were talking to me. And I heard, sometimes it came up where I heard you good and then it would fall back down. I'm going to listen for a few minutes and maybe it will improve. Maybe we'll try like, try again. But hey, I heard you. That was something, wasn't it? So pretty cool. Huh? All right. Well, let's see what happens. To make your scheduled call um, with the station uh, from NASA. I could hear him well here and I could hear you well, um, but he was having a hard time hearing you. Over. I'm hearing you just, just not very good. Ah. Uh, Ray, uh, we can uh, try a little bit later, but I'm already very happy that uh, it happened with us. <laughs> Our QSO, it happened. Uh, and uh, I'm really, really very happy. So we're talking to each other now about, you said, our QSO took place very happy about it and I said it's noisy here but it did work and uh, you said you have zero noise there that's not fair you have, we have all the noise here <laughs> you did work NASA Johnson Space Center Houston Houston we have no problem now thanks Ray Alpha Charlie 5 Kilo Delta All right, wow, what a great video, and I bet that was exciting working the uh, NASA club station there at the Johnson Center. Uh, that was kind of kind of cool, I think. So, so Raisa, how did you happen to contact him? Did you prearrange the contact, or did you have a schedule? Uh, yes, uh, it was uh, a schedule. Uh, I got a message from Ray, uh, his call sign uh, Alpha Charlie 5 Kilo Delta, uh, and he uh, proposed me to make a video about NASA station. Uh, and uh, I was uh, very surprised and very happy and very glad. <laughs> <laughs> to the, to have this uh, opportunity and uh, we decided that we will try to make a video from both sides uh, but we were not sure if the propagation um, would be good enough for our QSO because uh, from Finland and from the US uh, the propagation not every day uh, well <laughs> but we were very lucky and I was absolutely happy. <laughs> Well, I I uh, I saw that. Uh, you, I think you were hearing him really well. You, you were hearing him great. Uh, you were a little weaker. Uh, okay. Well, hey, it was great. Uh, you did establish a contact. He did hear you. You could hear him. So you you made a contact there with uh, with uh, NASA. And uh, hey, I, I I have to ask you a question. I have to ask you a question. 
you looked like you were uh, in outer space. You were dressed like like you were uh, like like you were in Star Trek or something. Is that was that was that uh, um, suit that you have? Is that something you have all the time, or did you rent it? Um. Yes, I have uh, this uh, suit. Um, it is myself uh, because uh, I need it for the photo shooting. What uh, I need for uh, one uh, firm, firma from one for one company, uh, and this um, suit is still here. And I decided, oh, I have a suit, <laughs> and it's a nice uh, idea to be in this suit and uh, to. Uh, play <laughs> a little bit uh, like like uh, in movie Johnson uh, um, Houston Houston we have a problem <laughs> you know <laughs> just for fun. yeah I mean it was uh, it was a uh, beautiful the way you made the video it's like a professional uh, a prof it's like Hollywood made <laughs> your your videos are so good it was like Hollywood made it there well hey we mentioned the noise level. You know, I think I think uh, Ray was uh, he was um, Ray was surprised your noise level was low. Of course, he has a high noise level. So, why why do you think your noise level is so low? Because uh, we are on the island uh, oh. and there are no uh, many houses uh, around uh, and. Uh, um, the level noise uh, in Finland is zero. N no problem oh, at wow. all. <laughs> that is that's that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Hey, uh, did you get a QSL card from the uh, NASA station? Yes, uh, you can see it. Look. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, it is important QSL to me, and I have uh, even. Uh, uh, have this um, um, QSL on my wall. Could you see? I see it. Yes, nice card, and it's nicely framed. You did great job. Yeah, now it's good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm very glad to have it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hey, everybody. I want to tell everybody out there that we need everybody to go to your uh, your YouTube channel. Just go to Y-L Raisa, R-A-E-S-A, Y-L R-A-E-S-A, and join your YouTube channel, and you're also on Facebook, and just asking everybody to go out there and join you. You've got so much ham radio stuff going on. It's just, it's amazing there. Hey, I want to thank you so much for coming and being with us tonight. I know you're busy over there, and uh, we'll see you again in a couple, two or three weeks. Uh, you, you know, bring us something fun again, okay? Okay, okay. I will do my best. Tom, thank you so much. Uh, uh, best wishes to you and uh, to everybody. 73 and 88. Bye-bye. All right. 73, 88 to you too. Bye-bye. All right. Well, hey, that was uh, interesting, and we're so glad to have Raisa as a member of our show. Uh, you know, if you listen to Bill or me or Glenn, it's kind of boring sometimes, but I've never seen anything boring with uh, Raisa. She's always smiling and bubbly, and uh, oh, man, that's the way ham radio should be. All right. Well, if I and, like hey, her, got, I wouldn't be boring either. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we've got some... Um, 
we got some of the NASA club guys on, in the chat room with us tonight. Ray is in there. Ray is the one that was on the radio there talking to her. So we'll say uh, hello, Ray, out there, and glad you could join us tonight. And uh, Ray will be back with us in another week or so. Uh, we try to space her out about every couple weeks to be on the show. Uh, she's a very busy person, and uh, it takes time, you know, to put these things together. But uh, so far... She's hanging in there with us, and uh, I guess she likes us, and uh, uh, so we really appreciate what she does there. All right. Yeah, so, she does some cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's see. We're doing pretty good on time, guys. You know, the, the first hour of our show is called Amateur Radio Roundtable, and for all you guys that can't go more than an hour, our show will end in an hour, and then we will go to, we, we go directly to, the show at the after the show show. So uh, in about 10 minutes, we're going to go to the after the show show. And we're going to invite everybody that wants to into Zoom to be on a show with us. If you can get on Zoom, we're going to send you the link and you can join a, a Zoom with us. I could open the phone lines up. We could take 1,000 calls at a time, but uh, I can't operate that many. So we're not even going to turn the phone lines on. We're just going to use Skype. I mean, uh, we're going to Skype. We're going to use uh, Zoom. All right. So, hey, one of the things I want to talk to you about, and Bill's going to help us with this segment here, chime in. You guys know we our Pico balloons, uh, we, we've, we lost two of them last week. They failed. One of them went down in Georgia, uh, and uh, one, went, one went off uh, somewhere south of um, Greenland, probably in the ocean. But uh, we lost the one. We lost the one in. Um, uh, it came down uh, near Ringo, Ringgold, Georgia, and uh, in, the firm, in the firmware. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bill. That's just south of Chattanooga. Very, yeah, it's very just south. Uh, I think it's southeast of Chattanooga, not too far. So, uh, Bill is our master of all this stuff, and uh, he had put in our. our in with our whisper transmissions, he had put in a JT9 transmission, which which really, if you could copy the JT9, it really, really, really narrowed it down to where this thing landed. Typically, it's in a three-mile-by-five-mile box or something like that, and we typically don't really recover them that much. But this was an exciting recovery. And uh, so... Uh, Bill was able to copy. Bill, you went to what, a, a radio a SDR? Tell us about that. Yeah, um, basically uh, what we did was to, um, in the original code that Edward Y03ICT developed, uh, he had uh, an eight-digit grid square uh, and the JT9 transmission. So I modified it to do a 10-digit grid square, which puts you within a 63-foot by 113 foot box, which is a heck of a lot better than trying to find something in the three by five mile. Box. Yeah, I, hey, I have searched the three by five mile. Let me tell you, that's a big area. It's yeah, big. We, we've done it. Yeah, it's using big. Direction finding techniques. Yeah, it gets you close enough sometimes to hear the transmissions and DF on the signal, but yeah. knowing where it is within, you know, uh, less than a hundred foot square box. 
not really square it's a rectangle yeah, but, uh, yeah. knowing if it's in that position that's close enough to see it and now, uh that's a 10 digit grid square is that really beyond the limit of a, a little 8-bit processor like the 328p but uh, there was some resolution difference particularly at the top end of each scale but it got you close enough it did. It did. Now you were you. That was too close to you to hear on twenty meters. So you tuned it in from uh, SDR oh, over in Virginia. There was right? a whole series of uh, web-based SDRs, Kiwi SDR, um, and basically you go to this one website and it shows all the FCR radios that you can find um, around the world. So I tuned into one of those in Virginia, and it um, I could hear. The whisper signals beautifully and i loop the audio into wsjt-x which does both whisper and jt9 depending on how you set the mode mm -hmm. so i heard the whisper transmissions coming in fairly strong so i flipped it to jt9 and sure enough i was able to copy both transmissions from your 10w5kub 106 and there was the last four digits of a 10-digit grid square, which we, there's a nice little application on the web, uh, K7FRY uh, has an app. You can plug a 10-digit grid square yeah. in there, and it will draw a little box oh, right yeah. on, and now, it showed up right on top of Graysville. After, after you uh, tuned it in, I thought, well, maybe I can hear it. And I came back here, and I actually tuned in the JT9 signal, and I copied the four digits, too. So we That's knew where it was. Sure. Yeah. We knew where it was, and he, look at this, guys. I'm going to show you how accurate this was. This is where, this is where, that's the box, the little red box is what Bill is talking about. We knew, we knew it was in that red box right there, and that really narrows it down quite a bit. Uh, that's a, uh, uh, a school, that's a uh, elementary school in, Gra uh, that's Graysville, that's Graysville Elementary School. Let me hey. Let me ask the question: Is there anybody from Graysville Elementary School watching tonight? Anybody in the chat room from Georgia that uh, was involved in the recovery here of our balloon? So, so here it is, the little red box. I contacted the principal of the school, and I I told her this wild story of how we fly these little bitty balloons around the world. And I think one's on her roof. We know right where it is. And I asked him if she could go out. And I sent her this picture and asked her if she would go out and look for it. And she got really excited, like, like, wow, you know, this is uh, interesting. I have a picture of the principal. Here's the principal holding the tracker that was recovered uh, from, from that location. And uh, that is, um, that's Carrie Skoll. Carrie Skoll, she's a principal at Graysville Elementary School. And um, she's holding a tracker in one hand, and she's holding what's left of the balloon in her other hand. Now, let's go back to where it was. She, she and some staff walked the, walked the grounds outside looking for the balloon, and they couldn't find it. And uh, that's when I told her uh, that uh, I think it's on the roof. Now, we had another ham in the area help us. That was Kevin Walls, KK4IJR. And Kevin knew some of the staff there at the, uh, the 
uh, elementary school. So he was kind of calling them and kind of guiding them and telling them, you know, be careful, it's fragile and, and so forth. And um, it was taking a long time. I was getting worried. She went outside. They walked up and down that tree line, and they couldn't find it. And I was starting to get worried. I'm thinking, all right, Bill, is this JT9 location really where it is? Uh, but, but then I said, you know, I think it's on the roof. So she sent the maintenance man up on the roof. And, Bill, I don't think he saw it on the roof. He saw the balloon over in the tree. And when he saw the balloon over in the tree, uh, I guess, as small as that string is, maybe he somehow saw he came back. The, the tracker was in the gutter. The tracker was in the rain gutter on the roof of the school right there. So they recovered it, and that's what it looked like after it was recovered. Great shape. And solar cells had on that. You can see on that map that part of that box, uh, range box there where it could be, also was on the tree line. Yeah, and that, the balloon was in the tree. The balloon was in the edge of the tree, and the tracker was on top of the... Uh, and, you know, that probably was to our advantage because that kept the antenna up in the air, and, and we were able to copy the 20-meter signal. If it had been on the ground, we probably could not have copied it, so... So you know, and, it from several SDR radios, yeah. uh, one in Vermont, one in Massachusetts, and one in Virginia. It was a strong signal. So guys, this is a high dollar. This is a high dollar SPS balloon, and uh, it's about 170 bucks worth of balloon right there. And you can see we have about the bottom one fourth of it. I don't know where the top three fourths of the balloon went. It, they didn't recover it, so I don't know. But that's uh, that's the balloon. Here's the tracker right there. And again, it was uh, it was uh, uh, recovered with the help of uh, Kevin here, KK4IJR, and also Carrie uh, uh, Choll, the uh, principal there, who who found it. She's really excited about uh, about helping us find this thing. Uh, I guess it doesn't happen every day of the week uh, that something drops from the sky on top of your school, you know. I bet that made for a good show-and-tell to the uh, students. Yeah, yeah. So someone said, how high did it go? Well, th this was designed to fly at about 42,000 feet. That's the uh, maximum altitude that it, it's going to fly. And it did get up to 42,000 feet, but that was our problem. Once it hit 42,000 feet, it, it uh, reaches super pressure, and the balloon exploded. Uh, typically, the balloon is supposed to hold the pressure and it keeps floating and stays at 42,000 all the way around the world. But we personally have had some bad luck uh, at 42,000 feet on the last three or four launches. So we're working on that. We got something coming up here soon. And uh, so, Bill, that was a uh, man. That was a uh, real interesting story. Oh, and you know, I told you that they were looking for it. And I'm thinking this is taking too long. It's taking too long, man. Something's wrong. And then I got a text back from uh, Kevin, and, and the, the words were, we got it. And uh, that just, it made me smile real big when I saw those words, we got it. So I think it's, uh, it, it's pretty neat to be able to recover something that, that went, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of miles uh, down here, fell out of the sky, and we knew right where it was. Well, Tom, uh, we'll have to go over to that school and do a launch. Uh... Yeah demo for the students yeah yeah we'll have to do something like that for them that's not so, too far from here really it's uh 
yeah. take me about hour and a half, two hours yeah. to get over there. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I, I'll probably talk to her again later, and uh, we can we can suggest that, and you know, I might can even plan to go with you, and maybe uh, on one of our trips over to North Carolina. Well, we we uh, there's two ways we can go. We can take I-40 over, or we can go through Chattanooga. You know, both are about the same. So anyway, but I got tears in my eyes thinking about the recovery. That was a great recovery. Great. Well, recovery. the cool thing is you've got a failure analysis, so you know what the problem probably has been with all the others as well. Well, I'm not it's sure we're going to get much say, out of it. It's hard to say. It was yeah. sitting in that tree for a while getting beat up. So yeah. that could have ripped it in half. But True. But the terror might have started, you know, yeah. at altitude. Someone asked about what happened to the other one. It, it actually uh, went to sleep. You know, it, it sleeps during, uh, during nighttime because we're solar-powered only. And we were just fixing to head up south under Greenland, up into that part of the world, when it went to sleep. So the next morning, it never woke up. So I would imagine it traveled some distance on probably south of the uh, Greenland. The were toward, well over 120 UK. knots at that location, so yeah. uh, it probably covered some ground. But you probably hit some icing and weather because you were flying around 30,000. There was another balloon, Bill. There was another one launched the day before us, and he disappeared at the very exact same location. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows? There and, you know, is. hey, hey, I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say it's 100% gone. I, I think it's 99.9% .9 gone. But when you get up there, you know, the tracker requires at least about 20 degrees of sun for it to work. And I was looking at the sun elevations up there south of Greenland, and the sun it's don't the sun, this time of year, yeah. the sun don't get. I, I looked at the times, and at the maximum hike, it didn't get more than about twenty-one degrees uh, up up there. And I don't know exactly where we were, but somewhere in that area. So uh, it, it it has been known that these things will go up, circle the North Pole, stay up there a week. You know, maybe come back down, and they start reporting again. So. This guy may come back alive again. I don't know. Now we had one uh, from lunch from a school in Pella, Iowa, and it stayed in the Arctic Circle for 21 days before it got low enough to to operate again during the dead of winter. 21 days it circled up there in the Arctic Circle. Yeah, uh, Charlie is saying we should fly a balloon for the school so the kids can track it, and that's what Bill was talking about earlier. Well, maybe we'll contact them, and we'll see if we can do something like that. It's a, a lot of fun. That'd be a suitable reward. It's a lot of fun for the uh, for the schools to do that. Uh, Bill, uh, I, I don't know if you saw my last message today, but I ordered that other balloon, a single one. I did too, so we'll see. Did, did you get, we the, get, did you get the 23 buck one? No, uh, I did a $5 one. Okay, but, all right. So uh, On those websites, you never know what you're going to I, get. I know it. So I finally went, I found one, the 23. Now, with tax and everything, it comes in at $30. But $30 beats $170. We can fly a whole bunch more of these. Now, I was talking to Michael about it. He thinks that this probably could be it in the advertisement for this thirty, this twenty-three dollar one, Bill, it's it's the same size. It says all of them say the same size, but they're not, you know. But this one had some special words in there, like it's very big, 
and it says we recommend two people two people to inflate it so that's making me think there's something different about that balloon than the six dollar one or the eight dollar one or the two dollar one i got a bunch of balloons in today bill i got i got 10 of the 36 inch uh, round chinese came in today i probably never use them but i got a whole stack of balloons now but guys we we're going to try to fly again soon uh i uh fly again soon hopefully in the next couple of weeks and we're going to fly 42,000 feet i guarantee you and uh we're going to we're going to make it and like it like i've always told you on the show you want to make it around the world maybe one out of 10 times you got to do 10 times to make it well we're due again now we've been around the world a couple times different flights but we're due for another one to get around the world and we're going to do it on the cheap this time bill we're going to do it yes very definitely we'll get it here all right so um, i was able to copy the jt9 signals from the one that ended up off of uh, newfoundland uh your w5kub-107 on those that those dual small balloons uh-huh. uh i copied it uh quite a few times on jt9 as well oh yeah so it had a good signal i never really listened i never set up to listen for it up there but the nice thing about jt9 once you set up your range if you specify the track for just i mean the uh, waterfall for just one of them uh, the other one is close enough for frequency that you'll pick up both transmissions now i i'm not sure i'm doing it right because bill when i um in the I, right side of the screen in wsjt-x is the one you've just got the green um bar set above yeah but 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 when i on my program on my program i either have whisper up or if i want to change modes if i change the jt9 it 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 brings up a different screen but oh, then mine, but it changes it changes that. the frequency it changes the frequency so oh. then of course i i put in the whisper frequency manually right you know? right you are it. you saying are you saying i can i can decode both of them at the same time no no, but okay. when you when you uh, flip the modes, it adds another window, but it keeps the whisper window of what you've decoded in, yeah. Yeah. in whisper on the left, yeah. and it'll decode both transmissions uh, from separate JT9 signals on the left side. Oh wait, you're saying oh. you're saying I can copy both of them at the same time? I mean, yeah, you're both JT9s. If you for your two balloons, uh, you could copy both of those at the same time. Okay. And they show up on the left side of that screen. Only I'll have the to, one I'll have to have look at the bar over is on the right. I have to look at that. Hey guys, I just put I just put the uh, Zoom link in the chat room, and uh, let's let's say the let's just say that we're gonna we're shutting down Amateur Radio Roundtable. We've taken a little over an hour here, and we're now moving into after the show show. This is after the show show, guys. This is where we have fun. And uh, anybody that wants to click on that Zoom link can join us. We should have people clicking in here. Where's Charlie? He always clicks in. Uh, come on, guys. Everybody join us there. Let's see if we can get somebody from Texas or uh, NASA to join us down here. Uh, there, there we go. We got, uh, that looks like Charlie's there. Let me get Charlie in here. Uh, come on in, guys, and join us. And um, we'll have some fun here. Let me just say uh, real quick here, if you will, everybody, again, let me make this announcement. Please hit that subscribe button for us. It really, really helps us. 
hit the subscribe button down there in the right corner. The first six years of the show, we did not have a subscribe button down there, so we never asked anybody to subscribe, and we're asking you to do it now. And uh, we found out it really does help us uh, a whole lot here. So please do that. Join our Facebook group. It's called W5KUB, over 12,000 people in the Facebook group. And if you're out there listening on International Shortwave right now, you're listening on 7490 WBCQ, Monticello, Maine. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. Let's see who we got on Zoom there. Uh, let's see. Charlie? I think it's Charlie there. Yeah, Charlie's here. Come hey, in, Charlie. Come in, Charlie. How are you? Say something, Charlie. You sound tired tonight, Charlie. Yeah, I'm. yes, I'm a bit tired, yes. How are you? Very well. And the usual suspects here, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right, man. Well, glad to have you there, man. All right. Uh, I was going to check the chat room here, see if there's anything here we're missing. Let's see. Let's yeah. See. One thing uh, that Tom didn't show on the, the Hamcation, my gate coming in, uh, the gate I saw out of the window as I pulled up into the Atlanta airport was 73. And the gate that I went out of on my way home was gate 73. Oh, no. I mean, what are the odds of that? Yeah. That was just too cool. Yeah, that's how it is. All right, we had a couple of people join us. Let's see. We had, uh, who we got? We have Bill 2369E. Yeah. Oh, that's Bill. That's uh, WZ5L. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, hey, man. Well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm ready to get another one in the air here. This is going to stay up, but I'm waiting on a <laughs> we're waiting on a special balloon to come in. And uh, uh, Bill and I have been discussing this. Uh, when you hey, when you try to, there's only a couple balloons. There's only a couple balloons that will work uh, for for float or pico balloons like we do. And the only ones out there typically are. They're going, they fly much lower. They fly at about 20-something thousand feet. The SBS is, typically flies about 42. And we have been searching for years to try to find some type inexpensive alternative. I think, I think we have one. We have a friend in Sweden that's actually flying one right now. And it is up there at 42,000 feet. It's been up. It's gone around one and a half times. He's on his second lap right now. I think we found SA6 it. SA6BSS dash. Yeah. So I'm waiting on that balloon. Uh, I don't mind paying $30 for a balloon if it'll fly like that. You know, we've tried over the year to build balloons and make balloons and put netting around them, you know, to hold the uh, pressure uh, on our Facebook group, Bill, we get all kind of people with ideas that probably hadn't followed us for a long time and say, well, put a pressure relief valve in or put a, put it a balloon in a balloon. And, uh, you know, I mean, let's try it, let's call it a can of balloon. Yeah. yeah you know, I mean, you know, I mean, we've, we've talked about and already thought about all these things. They just don't work, but, uh, we think and, and what we, you noticed is we have the 
one lake to the balloon that uh, Michael SA6 BSS is using, but we try and we're trying to buy it here from the United States, so um, we can't go to the link he had without it being very expensive for the shipping. So yeah. you try and find the exact same thing on all these different sites, and you have to wade through uh, the frozen princess balloons, Darth Vader balloons, Mickey Mouse balloons. <laughs> Hey, I, I found some one meter. I, hey, you know these are thirty-two inch, uh, but I found I saw one a one meter balloon. You know, so I click on it and it's a banana. <laughs> yeah, so you got to well, wade through bananas and strawberries and puppy dogs and flowers and hearts and and and, and in the problem, the problem, the problem you get on these balloons is you bring up a page and it has like one million round balloons on it. And you're supposed to pick from it. None of them have model numbers on it or anything. And I'm, I'm talking with these Japanese people. I'm chatting with them, and I'm saying, here's what I want. I want the, the four gore. It needs to have a weight of about this. Uh, you know, it needs to have this diameter. And all they do, they come back to me, and they send me a picture, a, a plain picture, and say, send me a picture. There's Ray. Let's get Ray in here. And send me a picture and say, is this the one you want? Well, I don't know. It's like <laughs> it's like here, it's like this. It's like you got 15 car tire manufacturers, and each one of them make a, a tire. You got 15 tires laid against the wall over there, and none of them have a name on them, and none of them have any marking on them. They're just 15 tires. But you know one of them is good for 100,000 miles. So yep. you go to these guys and say, I want the one that, that is the 100,000-mile tire. And you know what they do? They send me back a picture with a blank tire and say, is this the one you want? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Tom, also yep. you need to, to let everybody know that you actually had an A321 as your chase plane on Wednesday. Did I really? We okay. Actually, we you- actually took off and turned out directly over your launch area all right well you and, you if yeah. you'd looked around good you might have seen it I, hey. I looked i didn't see it but i thought i saw something get sucked up into the yeah engine. well well we know it wasn't us because we made it to <laughs> no. georgia you know no i didn't see anything georgia. i was looking because literally we were really right in that area on our takeoff turnout towards atlanta and we were probably by that time what three or four thousand feet yeah yeah Hey, let me pick up. Uh, let me pick Ray up here. Uh, AC5KD. Hey, Ray, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, doing good. I hope y'all hear me. It's my first Zoom meeting. Yeah. Hey, you're looking good, man. You look just like you did in the video. Minus seventy pounds. That's the only thing I don't like about that video. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I've got, I've got two cameras here, and, and right now they, they add about fifty pounds to me. So you know. <laughs> we, Hey, hey, when I'm able to get back onto Marshall, we'll have to do a contact from the Marshall station with you all. Yeah, there's some other guys that are more active in the station at Triple R. They had to close it to most everybody because of COVID. And the, I don't work for NASA, but right now the employees of NASA are operating and not the non-employees. So I don't think I can jump in there, but I know some guys that can. So we can set that up. Yeah, right now we uh, aren't working on site, so we're, we've been teleworking for quite some time. Yeah, so I, I 
I wish I could be going in there through COVID. That would have given me a lot of stuff to do, but just can't go in there. But that that video we shot with Raisa, that's been a couple years back. Yeah, yeah. It was uh it was an old one, but I thought it was still very uh, interesting for everybody. And you know, I, that that's how it goes, you know. Uh, her, her she, you you weren't hearing her very well, but you were hearing her. I could tell that was her. You know, I could, I could just tell. enough to get yeah. by. We couldn't get too yeah. chatty, but uh, it was it was pretty fair. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, I'm glad you uh, showed up and joined us tonight. You probably didn't even know this show existed. No, I know it was here. I've been in the chat room before. Oh, have you really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, I typically don't can't tell who's in the chat room there. It, it's. Uh, uh, if I look too much of that, people claim I'm not paying attention to the guest, you know. So. <laughs> well, it's it's been a pleasure being part of it. Yeah, so I'm glad to, yeah, glad to be here. Glad to be here with y'all. Well, I, I I appreciate you being here. All right, who? Somebody else joined us. Well, who was it? Is that all we got here? I think he left, but that was Arn. Yeah, yeah. I believe he's over in New Albany, Mississippi. Yeah, that was that was Arnie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Charlie, down in Uruguay. Charlie, how come you're so tired tonight? You, you don't seem like you. What's what's going on? Well, it's uh, half past uh, 12. Half past 12? Yeah, it's past yeah. his bedtime. Well, no, I, I always go to bed late, but <laughs> anyhow. Uh, I just wanted to show you that I'm doing some digital modes with this uh, QRP Labs. Uh, yeah. Digital, let me see. No, this way. Uh, QRP Labs? Yeah. What is that? That's the their digital transceiver? Okay. Yeah, their digital transceiver, yes. Okay. And this this thing is amazing. Like, it's incredibly... Um, it, it puts up 5 watts, and the amplifier, the, up, the output stage, it's... Uh, uh, I don't know how he designed this, yeah. but it's runs extremely cool uh when i built it i decided to put like a heatsink before the 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 transistors in case it but mm -hmm. then when you run it it stays absolutely cool and it and it runs a five watt output solid so so that's really 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 good and well, it's an excellent receiver it's a a bit too too little power for for uh, for some QSOs that that can be a bit challenging, you know. I but noticed I noticed it doesn't have any knobs on it. It must work with your computer. Is that how that nothing works? Nothing, because this, as you can see here, this yeah. is a USB port. So you yeah. you plug it into the computer, and the computer sees a sound card. Yeah. yeah. So so you you just plug it in, and you you select that sound card, which is called Q, QDX. And it also you configure uh, the software as uh, it would be a a Kenwood TS440 for for the yeah. CAT connection. So can you change the frequency on the computer, or is it set? No, you you run you run the 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 JT JT software. How called the software is called? I always forget. G okay. JST J -S -T Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. W okay. WSJT-X. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you run that, and this is a four-band uh, um, transceiver. It's uh, well, cool. 80, 80, 40, 20, and 30. 
Well, I may have to order one now. What's the model? Of, what's the model, Charles? Sorry. What's the model number on that? It's UDX. UD. Uh, okay. UDX. UDX. Yeah. UDX. Yes. Is that the one? Is that the one where you have to wind the uh, toroid? Always, you have to wind the toroid. But it's a tri. Alan's it's a tri-pillar toroid. Yeah. 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 Okay. But I, all I surface mount stuff comes on the board. Yeah. So so that's really cool. Yeah. And now I ordered. I I I changed some emails with uh, with Hans, which is uh, the the owner of QRP Labs. And ask him if he also sells a 50 watt power amplifier for some other kids he has. Mm -hmm. And I ask him if it can be integrated with this. And you make a couple of hacks here, and you can have 50 watt output only on 40 meter band. But yeah. it costs like 30 bucks. Yeah, the they're almost no, no cost. They're cheap. Very and you expensive. have 50 watt output. So that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bought it. Yesterday, with the the amplifier, it's uh, it's on its way. But I bought it with the the case and everything, and I think I paid with taxes and shipping and everything. I paid sixty dollars, yeah, maybe. So you can that's, uh, you know, put that on Whisper, Charlie, and I'll hear it up here. Well, yes, yes, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll have to try all those things. Yes, I leave it with a computer on Whisper. Okay, in twenty meters. Yeah, twenty meter whisper. I would hear it here with five watts. Okay, okay. Tremendous coverage with that. Yeah. Okay, I leave it tonight, maybe, and tomorrow, running. So let's see. Another thing is, uh, I've also bought in the last uh, uh, last uh, when I bought some things at Amazon, and I brought one of those uh, cheapo or crapo uh, antenna tuners, which is also a kit, you know, that you have to assemble. It's a PCB. The QRP, a QRP tuner. I don't know if it's a. It it, it claims that you can run a hundred watt, but oh, I don't. Oh well, think. it's not QRP then. I bought a little QRP tuner to put together. It comes in a little box about, about like a cigarette yeah, package. You this build one it. Doesn't doesn't have a. It's yeah. all automatic. It's all uh, oh. you you key and it auto tunes everything. Oh really. Yeah, so that that's uh, we'll go together with this one. So okay. You put this, that, and a wire, and you're done. So let's see. I don't. I'm. 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 I bought it in Amazon. I paid like thirty-six dollars for the kit. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. Well, let me. I'm gonna post the link again for anybody that would like to join us here tonight. This is. The after the show show, please join us. One good work. thing about Hans here uh, of QRP Labs is his his uh, user manuals and, and uh, instruction manuals on how to build this and how to uh, the the operation um, principles of this. Uh, his manuals are incredible. So I have to I I I, I read the assembly part, but now I have to read. Uh, all the uh, pre uh, the operation principle uh, how do you say the the the, the way everything is uh, working inside this yeah uh, uh, to learn a lot and it has lots of commands so that you can fine tune the for best performance so this i think this has a lot of uh, man uh, i hate i hate reading the manuals i don't know i guess i'm getting too 
too old for it. But look, yeah. I've got I've got a. Um, let's see. Let me show you what I got. Something here. I won this at uh, Huntsville last year. This is a uh, Yazoo FTM three hundred or three thousand. No, three hundred D. It's got uh, it's got APRS and all that kind of stuff in it. You know, I don't even know how to work it. And uh, you know, too much, too much reading, too much. I don't know, man. I ha- I may have to read three or four pages to figure out how that thing works. It's you always know what to do when you when you don't want to read. What what was that? What's that, Bill? How many prize tickets did did you have to buy to get that? You know, one dump truck load. You know, I did. I did buy a few. You bought just a few, Tom, because we put, compared stacks, and yours was about three times mine. I put. Did Did you buy a hundred dollars worth of tickets? I bought fifty. I bought. I bought. I hate to say this, but hey, it went to a good cost. I bought three hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, I, bought, I take that back. I think I did a hundred also. You did a hundred for a hundred for a hundred dollars. You spent you get, more money on the tickets yeah, than for a hundred dollars. For a hundred dollars, you get a stack of tickets like this. Yeah, that's I spent, what I got. I, I bought I, I I bought three $100 stacks, so I had, I had a stack. Of t- I yeah, had I knew you like had this. me about three but, to you one. Know, I, I, usually, I usually win quite a few things. I mean, I won a, 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 a three or four years ago. I won a Yezu uh, FT991A, you know, the yep. HF rig. Uh, you're ahead of the game. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm ahead of the game. So I, I won an AWRL gift certificate. I win some too. For an Arduino book. Yeah. I win yeah. some of those. I, mean, I win some of those. In fact, hey, hey, look at here. I've got hey, one year I won. I don't you can't see this. Let me let me let me let me let me aim the let me do a different camera. Oh, but I've got, I've we're got talking. Some, these hey, look at these little knockhead battery charges right here. One year I won three of them right in a row. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Joe Eisenberg but, did win two prizes. Down in Orlando, I don't know what he won. Oh, but, did he? Uh, yeah, I ran into him. I saw his name on, and I ran into him, but I we didn't have time to figure out exactly what he'd won. But yeah, he I saw his he'd won two two of the prizes. Yeah, one of my friends uh, flew me over to the Cleveland Ham Fest many years ago, and so in compensation for flying over with him, uh, I bought his prize ticket, and he said, "This is the winner." I handed him a choice. I said, which one do you want? Yeah. And he grabbed the one out of my one hand. He says, this is the main prize winner. And he crumpled it up just the right way. He ran and he threw it into the prize box. He said, this is the grand prize winner. Guess what? It was the grand prize winner. Yeah. He got Unreal. a dollars radio and he never shared the radio with me. Oh, man. <laughs> well, you, 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 can, you can do do better friends than that. <laughs> Well, I, you know, hey, Bill, for a hundred bucks there at Huntsville, how many tickets did you get, Glenn? For a hundred bucks, you get like two hundred. Oh, gosh, get, it was a wad. You got like two hundred <laughs> tickets or something. right? I think it was two hundred so, tickets. All I know is I thank God I had the stamp because yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, if you don't take your stamp, my name if, on you, all if of you them. don't take a stamp, you're in trouble, guys. Let me tell you that. You Plus, betcha. you got to, but you got to tear each one of them in half. Yep. And you got to put that special fold, like Bill's talking, on on on, on six hundred oh, tickets, yeah. and put oh, them yeah. in, and put them in the put them in the uh, drum there. And uh, but you know, some well, years I win nothing. I'll do that. Some years I'll yeah, win I yeah. I didn't win anything this year. And, and, and hey, some Tom, years, some, 
Do yeah. you have a stamp for those many tickets? Do you have a stamp that you just stamp them? Yeah, I, I've got a stamp. It's just a single stamp. I have to, you know, individually stamp them, you know. That, it, that'll it's take a, a little while. It's an ink stamp, you know. But yeah, it, but it, it beats it right in your time. name and everything. Oh, yeah. Look, yeah. it takes more time to tear them in half and to put the little crinkle in them. Well, you can, you can do it. You know, you can fold them and tear them in groups of like 10. But, yeah, you know, cutting, you know, putting that fold on each one is that's the time-consuming part. And, 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 and here's have, something else you got to be very careful about there at Huntsville. Uh, even though they know me, you, they they know me very well. If I win a prize, I have to show the ticket stub to get it. And if yes, you, got, you have if to you show got, the if ticket you got stub. Six hundred tickets, and you mix them up. Yeah, you're gonna and have trouble, you're gonna also, have trouble finding the stub that that matches that ticket. Believe me. Yeah, but now Huntsville also has some kind of unique law that they ha it has to become a skill contest. Yeah, now they haven't done that. And they have to ask you a technical question well, that you must answer to they be legal. They haven't done that lately. They, they had did a skill it to me. Thing. They had a skill thing where one year you had to uh, wad up a piece of paper and shoot it at a trash can. And I think they gave you multiple chances to go in the trash no, can. No, the, they they had a radio with multiple issues, and they you had to answer what the issue was with the radio. Really? I don't know. Yes. You know, at Dayton, I've been going to the Dayton Ham Fashion for the last 60 years, and uh, I have only won one prize, and that was an amateur radio novice license manual. Yeah. Uh, well, you're ahead of me. I don't. I've never even looked at the screen. I'm usually so busy, or I was always outside. I never looked at the screen at Dayton. Um, so, I think the biggest yeah. prize I ever won was a uh, an autopilot drone from the Memphis Free Fest was one of the the large prizes, and I won that a couple of years back. It's still in the box. Well, man. You know, I oh, it's hey, coming out. I'm not selling that. I'm not getting rid of that. It is they they usually give away a, like a little Honda generator every year yep. too. And I, I always wanted to win that little Honda generator because it runs so quiet. You know. Yeah. So, now you're going to win the generator this year. Well, I when you know, don't I, need I, it, I'd yeah. buy a hundred dollars of tickets and put in there, and I wouldn't win. I'd win zero, man. And that's yeah. not that big I, of a ham fest. I've so. won uh, an MFJ power supply there. Yeah. Um, and I won the drone. So I've done well at that ham fest. I've won a uh, $50 gift certificate in Jackson and in Huntsville, and that's about all I've won. We were at a uh, cybersecurity uh, conference, and the main prize was a pretty nice drone. But I figured the odds of winning that were zero to none, so we left early from the conference, and Bev and I were driving back to Huntsville from Nashville. And somebody there that she knew called and says, you just won the main prize. Mm. Uh, we turned around and went back and got it. <laughs> oh, very cool. Yeah. All right. Now, now, if the prize right. involves counting the number of jelly beans in a jar, oh, yeah. I win the I win those hands down. I can do the math and calculate the volume <clears throat> and the jelly beans, and I I will come within fifty jelly beans. Well, hey, I well, see. Uh, I see Tim. I'll see Tim Conway, WB8HRO. Uh, uh, yeah, Bill's there. You, up yeah. here. I see Bill there, and I see Tim in there. So, well, I'll, I'll say welcome to everybody. All right. Um, 
Well, who wants to talk about something else? Well, <laughs> what else we got to talk about here? Well, I was showing this earlier. What do you? Oh yeah, this yeah. is what this was one of the things I got at the Orlando Hamfest. I actually got one several years ago, and I was hoping the guy would be there again this year. It's called a torch guard. Yeah, and this is like a twelve by twelve piece of fabric. It's not asbestos. It's made from this asbestos-free ZTEX Plus, and it is a. I use it as a soldering pad because you can't burn it, you can't scorch yeah. it, you can't scar it, you can't do nothing with this, and it's made to handle the temperature of welding. Well, that's great. Hey, hey, I was at uh, Harbor Freight uh, uh, yesterday or the day before. And uh, Kathy was with me, and we saw some sleeves, welding sleeves. You know, it just you just pull them up. I've got gloves, but these are welding sleeves. I don't know what they're made of. Probably maybe some of the same type material. They're not supposed yeah. to burn, you know. So uh, I I went ahead and got them. Uh, I don't I don't weld that much, but um, I went ahead and got them. Yeah, I got that because you know it's it's so easy when you get going. And you're you're soldering on a desk or a table or something, and it doesn't matter how careful you are. At some point, you're going to scorch that that t- tabletop. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, my workbench used to have just all kinds of solder marks, you know, soldering iron scorches on it. So, I got this, and it's great. It is really, really great for for soldering. Yeah, you know, they had some good odds and ends. I mean, I got myself a a set of the old uh, tube radio, you know, trimming tools and just odds and ends. The gigabit switches were my my big coup de gras, but those are being shipped separately. So um, the gigabit switches. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. The gigabit switches you got there, Glenn. um, I I bought some off the Internet the other day, and – they're about half the size of a cigarette package. They're they're one yeah. gig switches. They're like four or five port. Yeah, they're real small. Well, what happened? The ice storm got mine. Yeah. Um, it it didn't get the the switch. It got the wall warp because it was running on UPS, and my APC apparently isn't a really perfect square or sine wave, and it killed the wall warp. So I was like, I need a gigabit switch. And just happened to find a pair of them down there, made the guy an offer, and he took it. And I'm like, seriously? <laughs> okay. And the weight would have put me over, so fortunately my friend volunteered to take them back home with them to the Carolinas and ship them for me. You probably heard me ruffling through my junk box here, but I've got, uh, let's see. Let me show it to you. Mercury. I think this is one of the gig switches. Hey, Glenn, I uh, I went online to look for some Atmel 328P uh, surface mount chips. They're now showing May. Holy uh, cow. May for delivery of 2023. Holy cow. Let me show you what I just and got found, in today. Found one that was uh, February of 2023 was Mauser. Wow. Hang on a sec. Here you go, Glenn. Here's a, this is, I bought these. They're really cheap. They're one gig switches. You walk away, you can't see it, but. Yeah, I see it. This is a cool little one gig switch. Oh, yeah. 
Where'd you get that, Tom? I just uh, just ordered them off of uh, the internet, probably off of um, Amazon. Uh, it comes with the the, the, the only. This there, just it, came in today. Hey, Glenn, here it hasn't even Glenn, left Glenn. the package yet. Here, here you go, Glenn. Look, there's your going gig. If you need one, look, this is what you can get right here. Trying to open a plastic package. Me. He's not paying attention. Static electricity and attention. stuff. He's he not just don't want to open. <laughs> he just talking, ready to get he just talking to himself right now. There we go. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? He can't hear us. Glenn. Glenn. Can you see that? Glenn. 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 Am I muted? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I got muted briefly. All right. Okay. That is the size. That is the size of a dime. Yeah. No, you and weren't muted. Is, you weren't muted, but you couldn't hear us. No, I had my the speaker on my side. Okay. When I got up, the, it hit the button. All right, so let me show you what I was showing you. Look at here. Look how small that's this a, is. Look how small. That's a three twenty eight p. Is he muting me again? No. Okay. You see this right here, Glenn? Yeah, I'm just ignoring see you. See how yeah. small it is? Uh huh. It comes with the power pack, and everything. that's a one gig switch. Wow. And they're, they're, I thought about ordering one. I said, well, if I see something on Orlando, I'll just pick one up. Of course, if you use that, you need to make sure your uh, your PC, your Ethernet card will support one gig. Some of the old ones may only be oh, 100, yeah. 100 megabit. Uh, oh, no, megabit. My, my whole office is, you know, that was a gig switch that blew up. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, fortunately, I was able to find a wall wart that would actually power it. So it, I got it back up. But I'm like, I need a spare. And I ended up getting two spares. You also, when you do a stress test to to uh, those uh, inexpensive uh, switches, it's not the same as a professional one, of course. No. Uh, for your house, it's okay. Yeah. For the yeah. business, you have to buy yeah. a, a proper one. Yeah. I also discovered that the batteries in my lab side UPS had apparently died. And uh, so I got new batteries coming. Man, Ice Storm will really show you how poorly prepared you are. Well. Like, thank God I had instant coffee. Otherwise, I would not have had coffee at all. We're going to have to fix that. You know, I converted my uh, 1,500 UPS out there to 300-pound batteries. Yeah. That, that sucker will run about seven or eight hours. It, it's running a lot of stuff in the house here. Yeah. Of course, uh, with this generator now, I only have to let it. I only need it for about twelve seconds. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. All right, do we have anybody else to join us who wants to jump in here? Feel free to do it. Got a talkative bunch in here tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well. Bill, when you get time, I need you, Bill. I need you. I got a bunch of those three thirty-six H's. I don't have oh, any. Yeah. I don't I, have any U blocks. Look at those. I'll look at those when I. I've got a few of them too, and uh, I have a little prototype board that I can put in a solderless breadboard and play with it. So yeah, 
I've got one on. I got one built up right now over there, and uh, it's. Uh, I've got the. Uh, I guess the uh, the GPS lock. I put a little LED on it, and it's flashing every one second over there right now. But uh, it's not communicating with. Uh, somehow my board's not working with it right. You know. And it may be, be it, it may be a problem in the board. When I build these boards, Bill, when I build these boards, about one out of three don't work. Hey, I was going to ask you, uh, did the Metcal iron uh, uh, help you with that ground? You know, I'm I'm still I'm a little disappointed. Huh. The Metcal iron is a great iron, let me tell you. But when you go with that little bitty point that's about the size of a needle, man, it will not it will not heat up and solder. Those ground plane connections, it just won't do it. Now, I can change the tip out to get a bigger tip in there, and, man, it'll solder it like instantly, man. But that little that little bitty needle-pointed tip, it just it won't get enough heat to it to the end there. It, it's, that's hard to do on just yeah. about anybody's tip. It's really, yeah. if it's a needle point, that's going to be well, tough. So, I mean, I learned. I, I know what's, what I have to do now. Does it, when you get the right tip, does it work better than your other iron as far as soldering the ground planes? My other irons won't solder the ground plane. It just they just oh. cake up and look like cold joints, and then they stop melting, and it won't melt anymore, and you know it sucks all the heat out of the soldering iron. So, but th this that, that Metcal, the Metcal, I can change to put a little bit larger tip on there, man. When I touch it, it'll it'll heat that board up. I mean, instantly it'll oh. it'll melt that solder. So that's an improvement. Yeah, yeah, it is. Now, uh, I, you know, I wonder uh, nowadays how many people who are hams that are uh, just getting into the hobby know how to solder. Uh, we need to have some soldering uh, courses at these ham fests. Um, I used to sell kits, and yeah. uh, one kit I got back, and he said, it doesn't work. Can you look at it? I said he said he soldered it together and it was perfect, but it doesn't work. So he sent it back to me, and I put it under the magnifying glass, and it turned out he had put all the parts. These were through-hole parts. This was quite a few years ago. He put all the chips in through the through-holes, and he dabbed solder paste all over the connections, but he didn't use his iron or heat it up in an oven or anything, and he sent it back like that. He thought it was going to work. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Bill, I, you know, I grew up 60 years ago, you know, in a, in a TV shop. And, I mean, I built a lot of stuff over the years. and But I always used a soldering gun. You know, we grew up with a soldering gun. Really never used a soldering iron until, you know, several, you know, a few years back. Never really had to. I I've got really a stained glass window iron that you can use and some of that yeah. stuff. It soldered it up real quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know what you're talking about. Or one of those Weller guns. That, yeah. That's what yeah. you need. Yeah, I've got one of those. Do you realize... Solid, uh, surface mount. But, you know, do you realize on those Weller guns, you know, the two-trigger click? Yeah, yeah. I did not realize that the first click... I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. And the second click was yeah. low power. All my life, I, I have been I squeezing I it as hard that. as I can. I don't believe That's it. Iron. I saw Good. that, Glenn. I saw that myself. Somebody, it was published. I'm not sure I believe that. I put, I I put a watt meter. I put a watt meter on mine, and the first click, 
pulls less power than the second click. The second uh -uh. click mine, pulls more. Mine, I put an ammeter on it, really? and it is accurate and correct. So I don't and know. And if you if you read the manual for that thing, yeah, it is correct. Well, I'll have to look at mine again. I've got but two yeah. of them. I've got the. I've got the. Um, I've always had that the smaller one. What's that? Like a hundred twenty and maybe a hundred and fifty or something watt. And then, you, then I had I the think big that's, one. That's the one I got. Yeah. Then I had. I then I got the big one. I got the big one. It's like one fifty and two seventy or something. You know. It's no wonder I always had trouble with my PL two fifty nine. Exactly. Yeah. Read yeah. Read the manual. Yeah, I read that. I read where the buttons are. You know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I put an ammeter on it and verified. I looked at the manual and verified, and I'm like, who would do this? You're supposed to be the harder you pull, the hotter it gets. Well, uh, can, for I me, I, the first time I, I, I listened to that, because the, the welder the gun I, uh, my dad has, has, that I have it with me now, uh, it only has one press, right? But uh, the, the, it's the first time I, I hear about two steps. But it yeah. makes sense because you need more power to heat up the zone, and once the temperature you reach the temperature, you you depress harder and you maintain the temperature. Well, so yeah, I'm, I'm the other way around. Glenn, I'll tell you who. What country is the origin of Weller Corporation? US? United States, I thought. Okay, but uh -huh. I had a German. Um, a German program. Maybe they had uh, roots in uh, in Germany. I have to look that up. Yeah, because in uh, if it was based in Germany, um, you say I to the store am going instead of I'm going to the store. Yeah. So maybe that's I, I, there was a Eagle CAD. If you've mm. ever done anything in Eagle CAD, oh, I, I use that exclusively. And once you figured that out, that. I to the storm going is how they the linguistics the menu commands finally made sense to me because yeah. they seemed all counterintuitive when I first learned eagle. Yeah. Oh, building your own parts in eagle is a challenge. Oh man, I I still have to go to the little learning site I had. Uh, it was one of those instructables online and go through the twenty two steps. I still have to do that, even though I've been working in Eagle for the last 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bill, I wish, that... I wish there was, I got Eagle here, but I can't work it. I wish there was a way on Eagle where I could take this little board right here and tell it, okay, change everything to 603 parts instead of the 402 and lay it out. I wish I could just say, you know, it ain't it. that easy, but it won't do it. And, and, but there's a stipulation. I want that little SI 5351. I want that sucker bigger. <laughs> that thing's almost but, impossible. You know, but with that, with that 336, I'm assuming that's the GPS. It could be something as simple as it uses a different default baud rate. Yeah, it's a 336H. It's an ATGM, ATGM 336H. Very same footprint, same size. It fits right on the board. I'm I'm told it's a drop-in replacement. Um, it probably is, but it may default yeah. to a different baud rate. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that's what it is. See, I don't know enough where to go into the code that Bill's got there, and 
I mean, I, I, I'm thinking that the code says go to an, you know, go to a U block, and you have to change that to go to a ATGM. I don't know. Does it? Do you have now, to? Yeah, the, the, the thing you're going to end up having to do is to put something like an oscilloscope on the output and compare it to the other GPS and see if it's the same speed, faster, slower, et cetera. And probably hook it up to a serial port and just kind of try to figure I would, it out. I would say a serial port to see what your baud rate is and see if, what messages it's sending, whether it's exactly or whether it's NMEA. Mm. Uh, the Weller, I'm looking at a site. Uh, Weller was from Pennsylvania, and they invented the soldering iron in 1951, according to this. Yeah, they are now from an Apex group, Apex tool group. So, Weller, Weller today. Yeah, but ever since I started using it the right way, I've actually been able to solder a PL259. <laughs> Those extra 50 watts, man, makes all the difference in the world. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well... So we we are we are all um, in the same page here. Coax uh, co connect connectors go soldered right to the to the to the braid because there are people that say that you don't solder them that you just twist them and you always, solder them. Theoretically, solder. you don't have to, but I solder that braid I, every time. Every yeah. time, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Now I had discussions like the repeater was was like the club's repeater was like intermittent and everything. I said the problem is here because water came into no that's perfect. Okay, that's you know. No, I I always solder because invariably I either build them wrong to begin with and they get loose. Uh, same way with crimp, you know. No matter how well I crimp them, they eventually still work loose on me. So I'm blaming myself, but by gosh, when I do it solder, they don't come apart. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Hmm. Alan could tell us if that affects the impedance of the connection. Of course it does. Yeah. I mean, my attitude is on those connectors. They wouldn't have given us hole to see the braid if they didn't intend for those holes to get filled up with solder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. I'm putting the history of soldering iron tools in the uh, chat room here. <laughs> cool. Called hand tools for fun. <clears throat> I'll never forget the first soldering iron I saw. It was one of those about this long and that big around. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know you, what they used it for. I guess pipes. Well, they, well, they used it on like gutters and stuff, copper gutters and stuff. Yeah, you know? I guess. And you stained know, glass windows. I guess, yeah. But you know, you know what? I, you know, I've told a story before. Well, we we built these little miniature TV movie receivers, and got it got free movies here in Memphis with a little dish, and. Um, it was a little oscillator we built up, and it had really small parts. I think it had a little gas-fed transistor in it, and real small parts. And um, there was a 16-year-old kid down the street, 
And he had one of those soldering irons he's talking about. It was about a foot and a half long, and the tip was bigger around in your thumb. And he could put those suckers together and it'd work. And we'd build them, we'd build them, and they wouldn't work, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, back in the day, I remember in West Palm, uh, it was something like you had to have a a low pass filter or some kind of band pass filter to get the cable, and everybody was building up those band pass filters. Yeah, we didn't have pass. we didn't have that issue here. I mean, that's that is jamming signal that the band yeah. pass filter would remove the jamming signal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Different cable companies use different uh, approaches. Well, this was in the very early yeah, days. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, now it's all now nobody encrypted now, now nobody really needs cable. I mean, we, with with the internet, man, all, all our TV now we've converted all of our TV to internet TV now. I'm about to, and it is it's this great, man. You know, it's, it's yeah. I'm getting tired of Dish and Direct TV. Oh uh, well, I, we're actually using um, we're actually using uh, YouTube TV. Yeah, you get we get 89 channels on YouTube TV. But you well, know, as I it turns you, out, my TV only lives on like three channels. But you know, and, oh, and I, and I, and I tell you something though. With I, I, I'm watching more and more now on just plain old YouTube. You know, yeah. on, on, you know the app you can get just plain old YouTube. And man, there's uh, you, you can watch full length shows, anything you want's on there. Yeah, anything, how tos, anything. And uh, my problem is, I got to get new smart TVs because mine are old. Old school. Well, get you a, like a fire stick or a, you know a droid stick for thirty dollars and plug it on there. That Roku, the Roku one, it's really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Glenn, I've got a nineteen uh, nineteen sixty black and white TV in my attic in Ohio. If you want it, um, yeah, send it right over. That might yeah. be an upgrade. <laughs> no, most of mine are you know. Probably 2010, or all three of mine are 2010. But yeah, the only newfangled called UHF too. Yeah, yeah. But it has I remember same. when we got our first UHF station too, down man. in Miami, man. I did too, I Memphis, man. I, you know, hey, when we when we went from three channels to four channels. Oh I thought, man, man, when we got our channel six independent station, we this, were rocking. This is great, man. Now we got four TV channels. I we can watch that, Gilligan's man. Island. Yeah, all day. Blonder Tongue made a, a little unit that sat on top of our TV that allowed us to tune in the UHF channel. Oh yeah, and that UHF, was converter. Thing. UHF I found that I found that thing. I, I kept it. <laughs> it's a piece of history. Oh let man! Make, let me make a quick announcement here. Uh, we're getting close to the end of our shortwave show. We want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, if you've been with us the last two hours, you. You uh, joined us with Amateur Radio Roundtable, and the last hour has been the, the show after the show, where we just talk about anything. Uh, it's a ham radio show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, send us an email to tom at w5kub.com, and you can join us live on our video webcast on Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Central. Just go to w5kub.com, and we, uh, we really appreciate that. And again, everybody, if you didn't pay attention while I go, please hit that subscribe button right there. Hit that subscribe button. It will uh, greatly help us with the uh, advertisement of our show and bring new people in. So we thank you. Join us on our Facebook group. It's called W5KUB.
over 12,000 hams in that group. And uh, we'll say goodnight to everybody out there listening on shortwave. We've uh, enjoyed you being with us tonight. All right. So about now, all of our shortwave listeners are fading away. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I my the smart TV I have is actually my DVR, but it doesn't support the absolute latest and greatest because when I go to um, anybody other than Amazon Prime, it says uh, you need to upgrade your TV to this version of the protocol or whatever. Yeah, my Roku is the same way. It's unusable now. I have to buy a brand new your Roku. Yeah, but I'm probably going to end up buying a Roku here, the not too distant future. I tell you, the internet, the internet TV is great. The internet TV is great, and I love people sending pictures to us where they're watching our show on a 55 inch or a 70 yeah. inch screen. That is just that's so cool. Oh yeah, we we can do that here. But yeah, my question is for us who are in the boonies, uh, away from all that cable and gigabit fiber and all that. Um, I was trying to sign up for Starlink because uh, that's really my only option other than HughesNet and Viasat. In HughesNet, I never had any good luck with that, and I, they yeah. they would do things like say. The first week of the month, I'd run out of my 10 gig limit. Yeah. No, I didn't use 10 gig of data, but they said I did, and I'd have to keep buying more one gigabyte for ten dollars. And it's yeah, yeah. And it and its speed never lived up to um, the game. what they advertised until about two in the morning, until about five in the morning. So it's Starlink. <laughs> it's Starlink. I think it. Starlink's going to have some type cap, aren't, aren't they? On the no, they don't right now. No. But uh, they the the beauty of the Starlink, HughesNet has got a huge latency. It's you yeah. know it's approaching like a half a second to a second. Many right. websites just flat out time out with that. Yeah. So it was only useful for downloading huge files and things like that. But for going web browsing and that kind of stuff, it was unusable. Now, the Starlink has got latencies and high-speed internet comparable to uh, some of the well, cable. The, and that's the because, that's because they're low orbit. They're low orbit. Right. And the, the propagation delay is, is, is low. And short. Uh, 40 of them got knocked out by a solar storm. Yeah. It uh, caused the atmosphere to expand and knock 40 of them out during this recent solar storm we had so uh but they were in a parking orbit they hadn't moved them up to the final oh, i was gonna say you know how did it get them if you know they hit the they atmosphere launched, they had just launched them and they yeah they, check them they out. launched it and they knocked it out yeah, uh, yeah they were uh, not at their full attitude they they check them out first make sure they're working and if they aren't, they can deorbit them easily at the low altitude. And, As we saw. <laughs> and, and they, unintentionally. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm, um, I tried to order uh, uh, Starlink, and uh, they say it will be the fall before any of their terminals are available. Yeah, I think uh, one of my... Uh, former co-workers actually has that down in Senatobia here. Right. I tried to sign up for it in the fall. 
those who signed up for in the fall, they were able to get them. But I think um, they're so probably they're affected by the electronic part shortages as well. Oh, gosh, yeah. So I mean, they, I can't believe that the 328P is a year out. For the, year on one for the flat packs you're getting. Yeah. I may have to make a redesign to through holes. <laughs> if you can get those. Yeah. So uh, it's crazy. But uh, I even tried the surplus channels, and I haven't found any on the surplus channels. I no. guess my only, my only uh, hope is AliExpress, and then mm. you're never sure what you're going to get. Yeah. Whether it's a functional chip or not. Mm. Well, I, there are there are some Chinese ones out there that you you can get. You, like you say, you just you worry about the quality of them. But if you well, wanna, you know they're rejects wait, to begin with. If you want to wait, right. you know, t um, you know, six weeks or two months, you'll eventually get some if you'll go ahead and order them. But well, they're they're out there. Yeah, um, but you know, people. <laughs> yeah. No. But, you know, people like Mauser and DigiKey, they're not going to order those cheap Chinese ones, I don't think, and put on their in their inventory. So, Bye, Tom. Good night, Charlie. Good night. Okay. Good night, Charlie. Oh, man, I can't believe it's 1 o'clock in the morning here in, uh, yeah. in Uruguay. So they need to change, set their clocks back. Well, Glenn, if you find a line on some 328Ps, I'm down to uh, – I don't have that many left, so uh. – you have a line on them. Let me know. I've been getting the whole boards, but not the the chips, and I haven't had to order a board in a while. But it, you know, like I say, that little itty bitty guy, you know, I got him. And what what is that little bitty guy? That is actually they call it the Pico. It's not the Raspberry Pi Pico. It's made by this one company. It is a 12-pin version of the Uno. It is a 328P, but they only bring out 12 pins. Oh, okay. And wow. it's literally smaller than a dime. But it's it basically, it's an Uno. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys, I'm going to go. It's time for us to say goodnight, and uh, we enjoyed it. Yeah, I need popcorn. Yeah, I'm going to give me some popcorn and... Bill, when that uh, balloon gets in, I'll tell you. Oh, hey, just one other thing, Bill. Uh, Michael's telling me to wash it in uh, sodium hydrochloride or whatever, whatever it is. It basically it's Drano. Just get some, uh, yeah, Drano it's, it's or Drano lye. or pl but, liquid uh, plumber, liquid plumber, that's something like that. Only if it's the metallized mylar, the, the foil, silver foil, that just takes that. He said it'll come mylar. right off. You don't even have to rub it. He said it'll just come right off now I, i'm worried though that's that's kind of like a uh, one guy uses just the scrubbing pads yeah uh i forget who told me that <laughs> one of the guys in england he basically just uses a, a scrubbing pad and it comes right off you don't have to use lye well, i was gonna say you know that's kind of like uh caustic toxic something and i would be afraid that it i mean that balloon isn't very thick man i'm just afraid it could damage it now Michael says well, so. Get the one I bought uh, said it's clear. Well, I've got the I got the clear one too, and it blew up about two foot across. I mean, it's really oh. it it blew when I when I it's a thirty two inch, and when I blew it up in the shop out there, um, uh, I got a circumference of sixty two inches. 
And the weight wasn't even correct. The right? weight was twenty four grams, whereas his is sixty four grams. So I could tell it's a round wow. balloon. So sixty four inch circumference sphere, if you do the calculations, that comes out to be point oh six cubic meters. That's even those uh, those pancake uh, thirty six inch balloons. Well, they're use, point one. They're they're point one two. They're one hundred twenty liters, and right. this thing only comes out about. 60 so it's definitely the wrong one and it says 32 inch on it but you know in advertising yeah <laughs> so one picture of one of those shows a picture and they show a circle around a balloon and said 32 inches you know like a circumference but yeah. i know that this is not a 32 inch circumference because i measured 64 inches okay so and then I see another, I find another spec sheet, and it says, "Okay, the the." Uh, the it's, where where it's are you a, getting one that you're you've got coming in? Uh, I, a thirty-two dollar one. I I have to look again. I've, I've I've ordered and looked at so many different ones. I I know. I I can't remember where it came. It's coming out of Miami, so it's coming out of the U.S. side, and I should have it pretty quick. Send me a link to uh, yeah, that company uh, part number, and I'd like to take well, a look. Well, I'm at worried that. about I'm worried about taking the silver off. Um, well, you you really don't have to take the silver yeah, silver off. But Michael says you can run more free lift if you take the silver off. It won't heat up, and I don't know. That's I, true. You do get some heating. That's correct. Yeah. Well, so the ones he's flying, he had to take the silver off. No, I think he bought he, the one he found was clear. But everyone right. I find, when you get up to that size, clear is not an option. Oh, I found a clear option on mine. Oh yeah, I've got a thirty-two clear out there, and it blows up to about right. about point oh six liters is what it blows up I to. Got I got you. All right. Well, I'll. Um, Whenever yep. I get it from Etsy, and I uh, yep. they say it's shipped, so I may get it in a few days. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll give it a try and see what's right. in it. Well, I might I might scrub off the aluminum uh, off off of it and uh, just so it's clear. But I also thought about flying flying it silver. But well, mm. yeah. Don't don't fly the red ones or the gold no, ones because no. they really. They really get a lot of heat yep. on them. Yep. You would think the gold ones would reflect, because that's what we wrapped the moon lander in. Surprisingly enough, um, it does absorb more heat than silver. Yeah, but wow. the, moon lander, the moon lander didn't have gas but, gas in it making it float. But the <laughs> thing is Now, wait a minute. We don't know that. Yeah, well, I guess... I had know. friends working on the thermal design of the lunar ro rover, and... Uh, the challenge was the extremes plus or minus. So the gold was actually better at helping it keep some heat in when it went to the mm -hmm. low temperature extremes. Yeah. They All had right. to choose the moon landings for the optimal range of temperature. All right. Well, look, I don't have a tracker that's working until. I get back 106 in the by FedEx this week, so he will refly probably. And was then, that using a 336 or a Max 8? That's got a U block in it. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, well, so I have a hundred U block Max 8 Qs. 
Yeah. Uh, I got them for eleven bucks a piece. That's a pretty good price. The three thirty six is the three thirty six is going for about three bucks. Right, but I got them from a surplus house called Quest Electronics. Yeah, and uh, they uh, they sent me a whole big factory roll of them, all sealed up <laughs> well, as a hundred pieces. That's good. Well, hey, if I get this balloon in this in about a week, and I get that tracker back, we could get this thing in the air in the next ten days. That's what I'm shooting for, and we're gonna fly at forty-two thousand. We're gonna fly at forty-two thousand. We're gonna fly long term, and we're gonna have an alternative of of the expensive balloon, and we're gonna do good. It's time to do good again. It's our turn. Yeah. Hopefully. All right, guys. Good night, everybody. Thanks. See you. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.